Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our action review of The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolution. We're spoilers all the way. So we're going to be talking about spoilers here. December 22nd is the premiere of The Matrix Resurrections on HBO Max and theaters worldwide. So I thought... Let's rewatch these films and check out the action because honestly, I want to see Neo again. And of course, Trinity. How? I don't know how, but of course, fine. But to see them again in the action aspect, the story, uh, okay, fine. But the action, that's what I'm down for. We love The Matrix when it first came out mm-hmm. in 20, uh, 1999. Both those came out in 2003. It Wait. came out in October and then it came out in November. You said 2003. Oh, I'm, I'm, my mind went to 2023. I'm like, we're not there yet. But no, 2003 <laughs> is when the sequels came out, shot them both back to back, and they came out relatively back to back. Yeah. If you're watching Reloaded and it comes to the end, the way that it ends 100% leads into Revolution. There's no way you can finish uh, Reloaded and be like, oh, this is a good ending point. It's, it's, a, cliffhanger. Huge, it's a big also- cliffhanger. And it says to be continued. Actually, so it's see, nothing like they go to be concluded. So that was a lie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because now they got a fourth one. Let's get right into the action because I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of this. These sequels from the action that I counted it had 10 action scenes. And the runtime on that roughly is about 37 minutes and 30 seconds mm-hmm. out of a movie that is two hours and seven minutes long. If you don't count the end credits, it opens again with Trinity the action scene but we come to find out that action scene is actually a dream sequence well a dream sequence for neo but it happens yeah it's for real it's prophetic real in at the end towards the end of the film all right yeah. so you want to do like the, the last uh when we talked about the first one let's talk about do, yeah, it's kind of hard do you think there's kind of hard to pick three let's go for one right now okay one for me was when he first meets Seraph, the the guardian yes. of uh, the seer, uh, the orc. When I saw that scene, I'm like, oh yeah. They introduce this new guy and holding his own against uh, Neo, and they're going hand to hand combat, really good. It's I'm I'm like I like the hand to hand combat scenes when they're not introducing a lot of CGI, which we'll get to. But when they're doing the hand to hand combat and they're really getting into it, even if you see them like from the shadow or whatever, you can tell the difference. And I think it looked really good. A little bit on the kicks, we're still needing some work from uh, Keanu Reeves' side, but you it, you can see more like interlocking with the hands, moving back and forth. They kind of a little bit of a kung fu homage again, jumping on the mm-hmm. tables and then working right. back away from the tables and back and forth. I kind of, I well, enjoy that. They were also choreographed by Yun Wen Ping. So Great choreographer when he was doing it. That scene was hot. How come he wasn't in the first Matrix? I have no idea. There's loopholes in these two movies. Right, if he's protecting the Oracle, how come he was not protecting her in the first one? It was his day off. I don't want to really talk about the story or the mythos of the, of the Matrix, but you can't help it compare this, or for me that is, the story is, again, there's politics involved here religious True. involvement all here all throughout C- computer stuff software talk is in this the virus that's how i saw in this film where agent smith was a virus something that he talked about to morpheus in the first film because he doesn't he believe like, morpheus uh, the humanity is a mammal 
they're more on, on par with being a virus. In the sequels, True. he became a virus, which was caused by Neo entering Smith at the end of the first film. Arguably but, changing his code. And which hence comes to what we mentioned in the first review. The, there was a fan theory about that. Let's leave that for when we talk about revolution, because I think it makes okay. sense by the end of that. Seraph has a great scene. Yes. I did appreciate that. The reason why I, I did appreciate that is because the actor who portrays Seraph is an actual martial artist. You could tell. So you see, yes. And you see the cleanness in the, there's actually a lot of martial artists, uh, legit martial artists in the sequel. Yes. Um, the twins, the the group in the big alley scene, the mm, the upgraded the other agents, Smith. the up well, not necessarily Smith, the upgraded but agents. Call she's not Smith. Smith. They're all upgrades. It's just that we saw one guy who's been in countless films. I apologize for I can't remember his name offhand. Maybe you'll look for it. But he's been in the Bloodsport sequels back in the day, direct, directed DVD, uh, DVD. He was in the Mortal Kombat t- television show. He was in the John Wick films. He's also in the Universal Soldier films. Also, more like he was also in Nobody. He was he had a good part in Nobody. Oh, I didn't see Nobody, but yeah, he's known for doing a lot of martial art films, kind of like Scott Atkins. He's like he's that guy who's done a lot of lower budget uh, martial art films. He's fantastic as as a a stuntman. Uh, He's a great fighter. Daniel Bernhardt. Bernhardt. And they do give him a name. Agent Johnson. He wasn't Smith. <laughs> this is true. That scene was pretty good when Neil was fighting him and the other agents. Yes, the, uh, that the was the version. opening early scene too. Well, the opening scene was Trinity. Besides the dream sequence, I honestly don't count that. Well, I do because it's action. But that scene was really nice. I like the the play, the kicks. So that's two. Okay, we got two good scenes. I have one. And it's the longest one. It's part of the longest one. It's oh, the highway scene. I was going to say, as soon as you said the longest one, the highway scene. Yeah, I can see that. I got tired. It but, was extremely long, but good action. Right. But for me, it was the motorcycle chase. Mm, okay. That was intense because it didn't look like any speed filming was happening. It looked like it was like real time in that sense where cyclists going through the traffic. Mm-hmm. For me, being a motorcyclist and seeing that, I could appreciate what was happening and I could appreciate how it was done and how it was filmed. Crazy CGI in that as well, but not as bad. Before I go there, what was your other scene? I would say uh, the twins in the garage. They're like dodging the twins. That's when you first get to really see them go ghost and they're like, they're driving through. It leads into the highway scene. It really does. But like Mm -hmm. you see them fighting with the straight edge razors. I had a problem with that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I know why you had a problem with that because their technique with the straight edge razors is not like how you would imagine. They kind of flare it i thought it was cool like how how it looked as far as that went like as i yeah i took it out from perspective it's very cool they were so underutilized oh no i agree 100 percent. probably just the aspect of all the uh, henchmen for that um that boss because they tell Mm -hmm. you early on they're not your traditional agents they're from a previous code of um, Mm -hmm. variation of the matrix and you see in the background like you see they're watching a horror film and it's like a this old vampire horror. Yeah, but that, film. that's not the no, but uh, the twins. No, but here's the thing: they give hints. So they say, uh, like the Oracle says, there's a, you know, like anything you heard about werewolves, vampires, ghosts. They're all previous codes that were invented by other programs. And then they explain that uh, his wife explains that they're the codes, basically, uh, and not in so many direct words. 
that were invented. And then That's she true. mentions like, you ever kill someone with a silver bullet or you ever load a thing with a silver bullet? And then as you're watching these movies, you get hints. Okay, the guys that we first fight in the, the palace, whatever, I want to say mansion, those are yeah. the mansion. I want to say those are probably like werewolves, which you don't get to see anything utilized from them. Then we got the twins, which are ghosts. And the third one I want to say is the vampires. But on this one, yeah. Reloaded, those character types were just hinted and underutilized and the twins capitalized more on it but still there could have been so much more the way they got rid of them there was an explosion and you see them get puffed up in the air and the explosion yeah. and then they and they go ghost and that's it i mean there's the so is, much potential escaping. to their yeah exactly they're just escaping like one of the coolest part with them is when one's in the highway and he ghosts and goes in back into his car yeah like, he, from, he like, like catches the, tr the truck seat. cool i like that it's like boom okay that's a nice little I kind of, I kind of like the sense when they, uh, they're shooting the arm to kind of cut the arm to close the door, and in, mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, he goes to the, uh, the Bron brother goes to the door, takes over, um, Trinity by like taking her hostage, and they let the one brother in, and he goes goes for a split second, and he resets his arm. It's like what the agents do when they jump from one body to the other, but it's like their version of a reset. I'm not really talking about the scene. I'm talking about them as a character because they, uh, when the agent Johnson uh, yeah. shows up, he's fighting Morpheus on the highway in the car. He uses Morpheus and his gun to try to shoot at the agent. I would have loved to see a scene with the ghost actually go against oh, the agent. Oh, talking about, oh, when he rips, when he rips yeah. the, the roof off. Yeah. That would have been like, so there was some missed opportunities. I, I love the introduction of those characters when they were fighting. That's what I'm leaning into. On that scene because you saw the potential right. there my problem with like the, the knife they treat it like a gun instead of yeah. slicing and like i thought that, they treated you know, like, it more like a butterfly knife because they were like flaring it around all the time and i'm like why i understand that but the thing is butterfly knife straight edge you can still slice where say like you want to cut trinity while she was driving and she blocked it but he just stopped you put it there and you can just pull back you'll slice her wrist or her arm yeah, they show like one scene. He got her on the arm. I think that was in right. The garage. That was it. And then him fighting Morpheus and in a close combat, and then Morpheus is using the seatbelt like a whip. I'm like, really? Do we go over three scenes or no? No. Well, you gave the highway. I gave the garage. If there was a third, I don't there, think there is. The one scene I want to give it to is also one of the scenes I would consider the worst. Is that the introduction of Smith? Because when they're doing hand to hand with Smith in that scene and it's not cgi it looks good but then they jump oh, into the cgi so let's go into what's smith. bad well i have several i have no doubt the cgi in the street park like the first half of that fight scene it was live action people wearing masks of agent smith and then they fixed it with some digital for those who came in too close that was good but then it got crap when he grabbed the pole well there, before that there were some other scenes where oh, yeah. it just took away it made it unbelievable it pissed me off because a lot of stuff that they did could have been live action they could have used the wire work they could have used less people in the close combat for like, like the camera shots and make it believable that there's multiple on the wide shots where when you do it wide you can make it cgi yeah but when you're going close and focusing on the individual or the character and it's still CGI, it just takes away. It's like it looked like a video game cutscene. And at that time, a video game cutscene looking like that, we would have been like, oh, that looks cool. But for a movie jumping from live action to that wasn't that cool. Here was a funny thought that I was just having today when I was watching it. The following year in 2004, after this movie came out, Kung Fu Hustle came out. And oh my God, so good. Exactly. And then what happens at the end fight scene when he unlocks his 
uh, key. He fights like an army of mafia guys all dressed in the same outfit. He's by himself, solo dolo, just going at it. Fantastic Go. scene. And they do a great job of going wide in and then uh, yeah. and, and it's very minimal in the CGI. But the CGI there was like believable because they weren't going ham into it they weren't diving into it as heavy as these guys were doing at that time but they used the cgi again in the highway scene when agent johnson landed on that car for it's, a moment like that obvious. i would i forgave a moment like that but i cannot forgive that park scene like you said there were moments where he was doing hand-to-hand combat fight scenes with all those multiples i'm like why couldn't that just been keanu or even a stunt double i would have forgiven a stunt double because he's doing hand-to-hand combat with multiple characters at the same time, they could have done that. Even when he was using the pole to fight with. That's my biggest one of my biggest gripes there too. Also the flying. He was yeah. it wasn't him. It was CGI. Every moment. Wait, See, which even the even the one where he's it's just showing him like head like he's Yeah, he's know, just looking into the camera straight, straight. I mean, why was that CGI? It could have been just him just standing on a green screen. And looking up, I mean, it worked for uh, Christopher Reeves from Superman, exactly. And everybody believed exactly. the hell out of that. Exactly. Well, on that was projected floor. Yeah, for Superman, it wasn't green screen. It was like a great. He stood on a projected floor, and they would just look up, and they just had an air machine shooting down. Exactly. But there's other things too, like this non-action. Was it? Maybe it is action. The orgy scene. That maybe <laughs> that could be action. Was it like I know they call it the rave scene, but everybody calls it the orgy scene, especially after uh, MTV uh, Movie Awards made fun of that scene. That was hilarious. And this is also funny to go back there to take a little break on the on the ridicule, the actions when the architect came up. Yeah, I could not help but think of Will Farrell vis a vis. Ergo, say <laughs> Levy. It was like he just goes with that. Trinity's fight with the agent towards the end was pretty good. Even though it was spread out sporadically, like you felt for her. Oh yeah. She was struggling. She was trying to fight. It was some great scenes. It did some callback to the her aerial kick, but it was just choppy. Personally, I would love to see her fight unedited with that and see her real struggle. Granted, when I first saw the highway scene, it was nice because it was just a lot of information and two trucks collided and Neil finally comes in and saves the day. And then homeboy to cheer yeah i cheered it too because it was it wasn't long but at the same time like thank god it's over that scene alone was about 16 minutes and 15 seconds the introduction of the twins in the garage to the highway scene way too long we at the certain moment you get bored these scenes that we're talking about that we're giving some credit to they also had some minuses even the worst uh, scenes had some pluses but they were it just wasn't balanced that well and that's what i think hurt it the most like the highway sequence, and we have to talk about the highway sequence a lot. They made uh, the behind the scenes thing just on the highway sequence alone. I see the moment where he uses a sword, uh, Lawrence Fishburne with a sword. Right. And he used a phrase I didn't think I would ever say. And he uses it as a stepping post. He stabs it into right. the... He stabs it into the side of the truck, the trailer, which he stabs it super high for one. Yes. And then he's like, somehow yes. it's super low. He grabs the key maker, tosses him up onto the um, the trailer. Then Agent Johnson shows up. And as they're fighting, he gets tossed to the other side of the right. trailer. If the truck is driving towards me, right? Yeah. He stabbed it on the my right hand side. Agent mm-hmm. Smith is fighting him. He slides to the Agent back. Agent Johnson. Uh, Agent Johnson, thank you. 
he fights uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Morpheus, and he slides to the back to the left, looks down, and he's laying down, mind you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he just reaches and pulls out the sword, which so, on, uh, yeah, when it was yeah. on my right side, he had to be fully standing and still did not touch the top of the trailer. Yeah, exactly right. So the consistency that, was off. And when I watched that, those two moments reminded me of that old school Nest T commercial when it's like Bruce Lee in Claymation. Oh. And he's fighting and like... <laughs> He's, he's fighting, fighting Karate he's Kid. Fighting karate Kid. And he, he goes, wait, how did you get the Nest T? He goes, editing mistake in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was laughing watching that scene because I was like yeah. bewildered. I'm like, that one slipped by the editors. The other one was about the palace fight scene. Mm-hmm. I find it, it made no sense to me, especially after the opening move. He puts his hands up and he stops bullets from five attackers shooting at him. Yeah. At one time. Mm-hmm. A callback to the first film. So he can't be touched. They charge at him. And then they use a sword. I was like, huh? So if he can stop bullets, how come he didn't do the same thing to stop them? But then or force, then there'll be or no force push them. No. I, mean, I get where you're coming at. Like he should have more abilities than that he's actually showing in right. regards to it. I had the same mindset. Like, okay, now they're attacking with actual hand-to-hand weapons. And the one guy grabs his big sword. He blocks the sword with his hand and it, like everybody stops and they're like, oh, he is human. And because there's like a drop of blood that comes down there. I'm like, bro, his hand didn't get chopped off. If it was a real, he was regular human. The hand would have been sliced. Exactly. So that was their takeaway. He is human that right. he got punctured. That's like a needle point. But at the same time, I was like, so why didn't he stop it all the way? He couldn't force stop the sword before right. he even touched the hand. So there was, exactly. a, there was, there was, uh, some flaws. And I know uh, some of the diehard fans that would be like, well, he, he's still learning to be the one. No, he had time. No. There was, there was a time gap between him, uh, from the ending in the first movie and this movie, it wasn't back to back six months. I think they well, say the thing is here we at the end of the first matrix, we find out that he can fly. And then we see here. He does the whole Man of Steel. Well, Man of Steel took it from them. The whole crouching down to power up to fly. We see that he can see the future. Yeah, he has cognitive Trinity. abilities, apparently. Right. So he has all these powers and he can easily stop bullets, but he can't stop regular. Like these, the agents, he found out that there were upgrades, but then he adapted to them to overcome them. And these guys are not agents. They're old software, if you will. That took me out. The whole scene after the bullet stuff was like, you can still fight but it doesn't have to be so elaborate and so long because that was almost four minutes that scene where it could have been done 30 seconds yeah and granted they were cutting back between that and the garage fight not really no because that whole the whole scene went there and then after he knocked them out and after he killed the last guy then it went to the garage it may look like they're interacting but they weren't they were interacting from the garage because neo was trying to find them needless to say there was also the like the bluetooth wireless connection that he had at the end of the film He's oh like, yeah. I, he was like blue, you know, he was bluetooth pairing <laughs> right when i was watching this when i was watching the movie i was like when does he get blinded that's the third one I know, but I was like, when does he get blind? Because I thought, because I, because I actually liked that scene where he stops them, but I thought he was blind when he did it, and I just, and then I said, it, oh, it, oh, it was, he's like, they're running away. This was granted after right. they they do it like an EMP and crash and whatever, and they're running away, and he goes, I feel them, and she's like, what? He's like, he's like, I think I can stop him, or he says something along those lines, right? And, and he's like, he does like the force choke thing on the uh, like four squids. I'm telling and, you, that's like, they, they, and then they, he dies, and then he. 
goes into a coma at the same time. And right. <laughs> never explained how that's done. The thing is, if they went full-blown Star Wars without going Star Wars, I would have accepted it. One of my biggest gripe, minus the action, is that at the end of The Matrix, we see Neo as the badass Morpheus believed he would be. He was confident. He was sure of himself. Here, we see him again. He's like, I'm yeah, not the one. he's not, he's not, dude. It was like, what the hell? Now, what, granted, me, in those six months, what set you back, man? What put doubt oh, in your heart again? I'm just saying for me, is it because that he sees that the death of Trinity happening? And so he feels inadequate that he can't save the love of his life. Maybe he's, he's dealing with that. I just hope that he was brought him more of the badass that we left him. And in, in, in the first one, we did leave him as a badass. When you fly well, away I, at the end of a movie, everybody's with the anticipation Oh, he is now the badass of that world. <laughs> he has, he accepted the role. He accepted his role. He embraced it, like I mentioned earlier. Right? So that's our thing. We, we like a little bit of certain aspects of each fight scene and mm-hmm. reloaded. Not that good. I'm going to say normally we save the rating for the very end. But I'm going right. to I'm going to say we're, we're going to give like three different versions of the rating. Like, so if you're cool with it, let's rate Matrix Reloaded. And then we rate Matrix Re- uh, Revolution. And then we rate them together as one. Oh, my God. Right. If that makes sense, because uh, technically, okay, you have to watch well, these two together in succession. Right. <laughs> I only bought this because of the fan theory. Fair enough. I did not buy it. Well, no, that's a, that's a lie. I did buy it way back when it first came out. I did not buy the Blu-ray or the uh, 4K. I would say I, it, as a singular film, it's a waste of time. Yes, it is a waste of time. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree with you. We just gave our thoughts and review on Reloaded. Now it's time for The Matrix Revolution which came out same year, 2003, but month apart. It really got you in yeah. the pocket on that one. Because they did leave a cliffhanger. And, and, right. and the cliffhanger was that Neo was in a coma. And he's literally across from a possessed Zion with the mind of Agent Smith. Right. And did you know that the actor got hired because they were looking for a person who can act and sound like Agent Smith? No, Well, I didn't know he got hired for that reason, but in his portrayal of it, nailed it. I'm like, dude, oh, you you were he, heavy on Agent Smith. You cosplayed Agent Smith. I'm sure you did. He embodied Agent Smith to the T, the tempo, mm-hmm. the talking. That's how he got that role. I didn't know that. I mean, I thought I was like, wow, this guy's a really good actor. I was like, wow, he is a good actor. But they were looking specifically for an actor who can do Agent Smith. But for the action scenes. Yes. I counted nine scenes or less with the longest one being the doc scene where zion is defending themselves against the machines um, that was about give or take i was pausing on the talking the dialogue aspect mm-hmm. in between the cut scenes of the fight so it was about 15 minutes and that was the longest for this one kind of hard which one really stands out i know we're trying to do like see if we can have three fights scenes or action scenes and pick up one weak scene you have any stand out uh, that, 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 are, out? that are good i'm gonna say there's a part of a scene so like when they were getting invaded by the squids and you have the one uh i'm gonna call him the general i i, I don't know i can't remember his name but he's the one guy that was hazing neo's fanboy because he was too young or whatever and he's like Mufune. and he's like standing the ground like everybody else has been taken out by the squids He's like, I need a reload. He's just taking on all the squids by himself. Mm-hmm. Like even with like one arm still shooting at the squids. And the one kid's trying to reload. And then he finally gets it. And he sees all the squids coming in. And he just takes them head on. My man died like a boss. And not really visually stunning. 
but it was probably one of the best action moments as far as intensity in, in that sense for me but not definitely not what we're used to for the matrix like hell heavy martial art chasing or everything it was just like pretty much like a lot of things going on and just showing overwhelming force and then you have this one guy who really was not there for the rest of the movies just have a really shining moment a moment out of a scene okay that's one what how, you have any more <laughs> really reaching uh yeah let's say this also after this installment the twins are not in the twins are they're non-existent in this film so we could not see the potential of what they could have done that was the the one thing i was going to say like again it was another scene that i thought was okay underutilized because again they have to interact with the frenchman and so they go to that nightclub which looked like a scene from blade 2 but right Right. before that when they get off the elevator and they go in check Exactly, the code check. And it's just a straight-out shootout. And you could tell Mm -hmm. the soldiers of the Frenchmen are essentially, I'm going to assume, they're the Matrix version of vampires. They were pale, walking on the ceilings, and they're they're making certain maneuvers, and they're all wearing, uh, like, S&M leather. And I say it like that because everybody wears leather, but you see this guy wearing, like, this cross leather, like, showing off some, like, chest and, like, uh, another guy that... I know that he's not, but I feel like in my mind he was wearing chaps. It was a cross between S&M, Goth, and mm. gay porn. Well, no, and that's why I say it looked like the scene from Blade 2 because mm-hmm. that nightclub scene was pretty much like that, but better. Right. And that was another thing that, like, as we were talking about Reloaded, the Frenchman's henchmen, they hinted at, and they described as being code in various things. And it was hinted out by like the Oracle that there, there were, you know, things that like vampires, werewolves and ghosts and stuff like that, that existed. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's the vampire aspect. And the, the other ones that we saw earlier, that's the werewolves and the, the t- twins, those are ghosts. Right. They're, they're the monsters. They're the monsters. But again, underutilized. Mm-hmm. Like you just see the vampires do flips and st- uh, sit in the wall and like run around. Ghosts were the only ones that really were able to capitalize on their abilities, and werewolves couldn't do diddly squat. Missed opportunity. I liked the concept that was there. The shootout scene played an homage to the first movie, mm-hmm. but it was just missing bars. The action scenes that I'm seeing in this, there's not one action scene that really stands out per se for me. There are aspects that were good, and there were aspects that I felt like if they focused on that or they tweaked it this way, would have made those beautiful, but they didn't. And that's probably one of the biggest flaws of this. Wait, I do have one. When they're outside the Matrix and the the Agent Smith, who's possessing the guy, is attacking Trini and Neo. Right, Grant is not like hand-to-hand action. It's, it's, a inten- it's a tense moment. They're all going through, and it's kind of a, a great moment because then you see they're struggling. Neo gets blinded, and, and then you get that moment where he's like, I still see you. And he's seeing everything from like a Jedi perspective. Or no, like a better description from the Daredevil perspective. He like literally sees lights of the auras. Again, I said this earlier, watching that scene, I liked that scene because it brought a certain aspect and, and it was different. I just felt like my mind was going, but Neo, you know Kung Fu. Why are you brawling with Agent Smith? Like right. in, in real in real life, if you know Kung Fu, which they 
literally just download the knowledge of like all martial arts and kung fu not a single proper technique was done it was all like brought it wasn't even like mma there was not even an mma technique that was properly done there it's not like when they remove themselves from the matrix they don't have that knowledge anymore true but the thing you can imagine yourself as a great fighter but when the Put it in an actual practice test, you can't your body wouldn't react as it normally would like your mind sees it true but i so would have loved the- to see him uh mess up like you see him try and doesn't execute the technique like he would in okay. the matrix that would have been a great moment because that would have been but like no, he he actually does show some when he fights the clone if you will he does he gets swung at he ducks he puts him in an arm lock mm, okay he does and, and disarms him and then he hits him with the same weapon that he was being attacked so he does show that what was downloaded in him in the matrix did carry through into real world it just wasn't as showy or as refined because remember the fake smith or smith yeah. Essence, couldn't really see because it was kind of dark where neo could see him in his entirety true with the outline neo had that advantage remember because he was walking and he was having his hands kind of like guiding himself not to crash, yeah like he, to hit the the ladder i remember that i would say in, in in that note that will probably be the best action scene because we're able to discuss it and break it down and not in a negative way there was highlights in there and, and like i don't see negatives and i can I, and I i'm willing to say that's the good scene is there a better scene that you can think of nope well <laughs> well action wise I have three, but where's what is your your one negative? And here's the funny thing: I love anime to the deepest of my bodily core. I I love anime. I watch it all the time. I I outwatch anime than you. I used to watch it a whole bunch, but I, mm-hmm. I will watch the movies, not the series, like you and, were. And I watch both movies and series, mostly series right. nowadays. And I say it like this because that main climatic fight scene between Smith and Neo is essentially an anime fight scene. For one, it's all CGI, 100%. It's all computerized. No, 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 no. Eh, uh, 90%. Like, when they're flying, they're doing like 10%. It's 10% CGI? Yeah. When they were seeing the shadows fighting in the, in the room, there was not CGI used there? Shadows. Yeah, like anytime they were hitting, punching in the rain, they were like uh, throwing down. There was one scene where they uh, got knocked into a building and it was a silhouette, you mean? They're, they're silhouettes, yeah. No, that wasn't CGI. That was actually people. That looked like CGI. No. It was no. just really I, I, bad. I, here's the thing I just watched it. <laughs> I know which part was CGI. It wasn't that long, though. It was a short part because then he knocks him out into the rain. And then Smith is out in the rain and Superman's his way back into the room. The flying stuff? All CGI. That's, well, not all CGI, especially not in the close-up part, but when the flying part, right. Mm-hmm. But what's sad is when they're down after Smith throws him into the ground and, and the earth shakes and, and the buildings, the windows mm-hmm. pop out and Neo gets his second wind before he gets taken over by Smith is a CGI punch. Why is that needed? You saw the CGI hand of Neo hitting the CGI face of Smith. That was unneeded. For me, the, the whole scene where they're fighting like and they're uh, jumping back and forth from the CGI and flying through the air uh, and multiple Superman punches to each other, mm-hmm. it just didn't sit right for me. The main climactic scene, sadly, was the worst fight scene for me. I match you because I believe the same thing too. <laughs> I believe the, the worst one was the final battle. Yes. It was, it was, we were amazed by the first, when 
over and beyond to entertain us mm-hmm. with the special effects and the fight choreography. There was also practicality uh, used with uh, the special right. effects. Where here, it didn't feel the stakes were that high like mm-hmm. it was in the first one. It was kind of hard, too, where Neo in Reloaded and Revolution, he still doesn't think he's the one. He does it because, I guess, no one else could or would. He stepped up to the plate and he took on the burden. Yeah. But like in the first one, he he saw him. He accepted the role. When he resurrected in that movie after being shot, he was able to see the code. He was able to stop bullets in the air. His monologue at the end, him taking flight, you're like, he totally embraced it. Then you saw reload. He was like, I'm yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like, it re, it's it, uh, basically, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, the first one closed with his embrace. He, 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 he finally accepted his destiny. And he's going to be badass. And so the second one, what happened to the badassness? Like, he's still tough, but, like, you're handicapping yourself. And you're not believing yourself the one. Okay. They didn't even address that. Like, they could have been, like, you're the one, but you're you're mentally blocking yourself. You're, like, keep going. Well, and, let's, let's, we're going off to a tangent because we're not really talking about the actions. <laughs> we are, we are it's going just, on tangent, but come on, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. If you're the one. You're the one because he was doing like a kind of like a check on Hyde or Superman Clark Kent thing where mm-hmm. once he has the once he's in the Matrix, he's Superman. And once he comes out of the Matrix, he's Clark Kent. Well, he wants to be so Clark I, Kent. Everybody else outside the Matrix sees him as the new electronic Jesus. But what I'm saying of how he is because in the Matrix, he can read the codes, he can fight, he comes out, he'll take on everybody. He doesn't care until when he's talking to Oracle, he's like, I'm not the one. I'm like, so anyway. if, you, if you're not the one. Who is? But let's talk um, about your scenes. So, yes, I agree with you. I'll start with the negative one. I do agree with you that the final battle was not delivered as well as it could have been or should have been. What I mean is, but like where Smith is General Zod and Neo is Superman. But all this destruction is happening because they're fighting. And since they know, since Neo knows it's not the real world, he can go full. I'll do you one better for that comparison. <laughs> Superman 4, Superman and Nuclear Man. They literally traveled the world and they fought and they caused destruction as they were fighting even fought on the moon deep (laughs) deep cuts people deep cuts bottom line is the final battle Mm. was a let that's my top three for this film if it had to be i will say i'll give you a caveat it doesn't have to be the full scene you can say moments i have to say when Zion was fighting against the squids. Mm-hmm. That was visually stunning. Even though it was no martial combat, it mm-hmm. was action. Yeah. Feel the tilt. You felt for the, the people of Zion trying to stop the squids from coming in, stop the machines from invading. You felt where the hammer was trying to make it to home base. You felt for homegirl and her teammate trying to destroy one of the... They were doing the rockets. Right. And you felt for... Mufune, who was holding his ground, he went down fighting. And that was, like you said, a very emotional, intense scene where he just, it's him versus thousands of them. And he's still fighting, even though he's being shredded. Right. That was an overall intense action scene. I did like in the real world where Neo Trinity versus a body controlled Smith. And I kind of did like the coat check scene because it was reminiscent to the first film in the elevator lobby. So we're, yeah, that, we're kind of paralleling on what we liked. It, it, it wasn't that much fight scene like the first two. True. That, it, you're right. I think the first one had the most fight scenes, right? On the first one, it was like 12 scenes and time frame for that was 34 minutes. Where here, you had the fight scene total of 
nine. We'll, we'll say action nine. scenes. Well, because yeah. there were some that were not fight. But go ahead. For The Matrix, there was 12 fight scenes. Combined runtime of 34 minutes. For Matrix Reloaded, we had 10 fight scenes with a roughly of 37 and 30 seconds. That was mostly on the highway. And then for Revolutions, we have here is about nine fight scenes. Uh, the time frame is 32 minutes and 30 seconds. And the longest action scene was Zion versus Machines was the longest one, roughly being about 15 minutes. I mean, they're pretty close to each other, but as far as Re- you know, spread, yes. spreading in the pe- uh, spreading you know, it out. peppering out the scenes throughout the movie, the very first Matrix does a better job of peppering the the, the scenes throughout the movie. I kind of like when you spread smaller scenes throughout a movie because it makes it feel like you're just having that much more action in there. And when realistically, time frame wise, you're really hitting the same bar, but it's a different experience. Well, I mean, in all honesty, Reloaded and Revolutions could have been one. Well, and that that was the other thing. Like, you, if you watch this movie independently, it doesn't work. The way they end uh, Revolutions is legitimately a cliffhanger. And they legitimately, and I'm just overusing that word, <laughs> pick it right up right. where they left off. It's the Lord of the Rings moment when they uh, uh, see finally the Tower of uh, Sauron and they uh, stop it and the next movie is like, we're right back here. That movie was well, meant to be one film. They were supposed to be one large film, a four-hour film. Well, no, that would have not done it. Uh, I mean, they're I both two hours that, plus. Right. And if editing was done right, it would have been... A four-hour film. Uh, three, no, three hours less because just for example, like that orgy scene in Reloaded, the whole thing with the rave, yeah, Morpheus talking to the people and all stuff that was not needed. That's about a good fifteen minutes or so, mm-hmm. and you have that. You have other things that could have been cut out as well. It would have kept the pace faster, smoother, and the action would have probably made more sense. Also, the Reloaded. The fight with the multi-Smiths. That went on way too long. Oh, I agree. This was a frustrating bit for me. A missed fight scene that they could have just had, even even if it was like 30 seconds to like maybe four, two minutes. Seraph versus Agent Smith. That would have been, they were in a closed room. He, uh, like he was there with a the little girl and it was like, for like in like a couple other Smiths come in and you know Seraph is a badass fighter. He fought Neo and he was ha- right. handling him. I I knew he was gonna lose because he had to. But I mean like right. come on man, give Seraph a moment to shine. Like yeah, he, they had a shootout scene. But you know, but they, give him another under, fight scene. They underused him. Yeah, he's supposed to be the protector of the Oracle. Who no, was granted. like who betrayed? Uh, I, from the from what I gathered from what the Frenchman said, he used to work with the Frenchman. So there, that told me he has skills that we have yet to see. If Seraph is his name, maybe he's another foreign code, like the ghost, vampire, uh, whatever. I I want to say Seraph is a another mythical or the, theological creature, like a Seraphim. I think a Seraphim is like a part angel character. I'm I'm going by memory. I could be wrong, but that would have been cool if he like threw out an ability and then we were like, oh my God, he has something. But no, I'm just saying that would have been a highlight I mean, for me. And, uh, it would have been a highlight for a lot of people watching these, this trilogy again and having a different perspective than I did before. It makes more sense. Let, let's talk that, about that real quick. Because the fan theory is that Neil is not the one, but it's actually Agent Smith. When I first heard it, I kind of fought it at first, but when I thought about it and I let it sit in my mind, and then when I rewatched it at first years ago, and and I and I remember talking with you about this, 
back then too. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, it makes absolute sense. Well, break down why the fan theory exists. You remember. I mean, right? I heard it. I didn't, I didn't really understand why, but it does make sense. But the thing is, is Smith had his, mm -hmm. Neo has his part. And in order for the chain reaction to happen, to redo the Matrix, those two had to meet. If Neo didn't enter Smith, Smith would not have evolved. Mm -hmm. And for the Matrix had to be reset, Smith had to enter Neo. Mm -hmm. Had to be full circle. Because if he realized reloaded and, well, more reloaded, it's more about um, Smith's story. I agree with that. We don't see his history, but we see what he's doing. Yeah, it's a side story of Zion and side story of Neo and Trinity. And like that. But in Revolutions, we don't really see Smith that much, only at the end. That's why it would have been better if this was all one movie. I wish someone would make a fanboy film editing and taking everything out and just making it one film. For Smith. I will watch that. I'm sorry? For Smith? No, just making one movie of Reloaded and Revolutions together as one. I will watch that. You know, probably a badass sequel. So here was how the uh, I remember the theory going. And this goes all the way back to the first movie, too, how the theory started. If you're watching all three movies in uh, succession, and you got to remember this, that the architect, and he's explaining, you're not the first Neo. You're not the first one. And you see all the different personalities and different versions of Keanu. He's like, you're one of like dozens, thousands, hundreds that have existed before you. And they all well, this went. Is the six, this is the sixth loop, right? No, it's more than that. Well, I don't remember the exact number that was given, but it was definitely more than six. But either way, he's telling him like, and they all made the same decision. This point, you're going to go. And you can walk through two doors, but you can walk uh, through this door. Zion's going to die either way. But you're going to pick some survivors. They're going to go back through. And we're going to reset everything. We're going to reset the matrix. And no one's going to be any wiser because we always end up here. Zion lives, repopulates. We kill it. It dies. Matrix get reset. No one is the wiser. That's why they're always in the 1990s. And in regards to that, they never evolved. And they just keep resetting like a big deja vu. This is why the fan theory really started after Matrix Revolution uh, uh, Reloaded came out. Because of the fact of that scene with that conversation. Oh. So people started looking at, okay, is Neo really the one if he's always predicted to exist, come back, and then resets it? That's not really an anomaly. It's a sight change, but it's always going to happen. They're just re unplugging and replugging the system. And it's going right back into it. So it's completing a cycle that's just going to happen again. The prophecy is that something's going to break the cycle. Something drastic. And there's going to be one that it does not, is not the norm, and does not exist. That goes back to the very first movie. And that's Mr. Smith. The real key scene is the scene where he's interrogating Morpheus. You know, like he's telling them how he feels that he's trapped in a system. He knows where he is. He knows that you know, he's telling him like how he analyzed humanity and they're a virus. So you see personality. You see expression. He takes out his headset so he doesn't get interfered with. And even in that fight with him and Neo at the end, he has emotion. And he's getting tied in. And that's in the first one. And of right. course, he gets he comes back in the second one. And now he's mutated. He's a virus. He's outside the system. And he tells him, you freed me. I'm no longer chained to here but i want more 
I want out. I want to take this on. And then he takes control essentially of the entire matrix. Still wants more. He still wants it to be done. Like you said, well, it has he to go. wants to go into the real world. But it, like, it, it's just like he's just hungry uh, for more yeah. and more power. But the prophecy was about change and he needed an individual to be the driving force for the cause of change. Change doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's a positive good change. It means it's, oh. a, it's a catalyst to cause events to happen. If the end result is good, cool, but that doesn't mean the initial catalyst is a good event. And that's what the the fan theory is. Well, the thing is like Neo and Smith are two they're, sides of yeah, the same coin. They're connected. But before Smith wasn't there. That's why the fan theory is Smith is the one because you always had a Neo, but you never had Smith as he is. Smith never existed in that capacity up until that generation. You can make the argument now that, well, that scene also See, said me, they didn't have Trinity then too. And that was also mentioned in the scene with the architect. But I like the fan theory about Smith better. I see what you're saying. And that does make sense. But for me, it was more like when Neo entered Smith. Yeah. That's what started everything. Yeah. What you're saying it was that it was starting before that with Morpheus, and I, which makes sense because he does break character. And and, and theoretically, that could have happened because again, the program has evolved. Even though they keep resetting it, they're still using the same agents and code changes. No matter how many times you reset it, it could you have degradation changes in the code. That's why like your computers can crash if you keep resetting all the time. He he is potentially a code that got corrupted, and then the interaction between him and Neo really what tr is truly the triggering moment of his awakening. It's just a fantastic concept, and I know when you no, it, it, when you heard it, sense. you wanted to watch both movies. Then again, after hearing that, right, and it makes sense because it also goes full circle because Smith tells Neo every beginning has an end, or every end has a beginning. Something I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly, even though I just yeah. pretty much saw it. But that was like a moment for him too. Like he kind of blacked out after saying, "He's like, what did I say?" It's like, well, that's because like, it's the Oracle. That's because it's the Oria. He took over the body of the Oracle and the Oracle is now yeah. representing the lead Smith unbeknownst to Smith. By saying that it made Neo think I can't fight him. I just have to accept mm -hmm. him. And by doing that, is, that's right. there's a tale, um, like a genie says, I'm all powerful. I can become anything. Something like to that effect. And he's talking to like, like a cat or a lion, something like that. And so, yeah, Wait, me, I bet you can't make yourself into a mouse. And so the all powerful being becomes a mouse. And the cat eats them. That sounds familiar. I just don't know. Yeah, where, I, just, where I can't from. remember the exact tale or that is or a fable, but that's similar where he was tricked because he was so arrogant and cocky. I know what that's that is. What Neil did. It's like the original Puss in Boots story, like the kid's fairy tale. Yeah, oh. he, he wasn't fighting like a genie. It was like a troll or something like that. And and he because it was a cat wearing boots. Right. And then like okay. he tricks him. I could be wrong, but I feel yeah, I, I feel I, like that's the case. For those listening or watching, let us know what fable that we're trying to figure out where <laughs> a all powerful being got tricked into being a mouse and then got eaten just by being outsmarted. And here Neo kind of outsmarted him where he just like let Smith think, do what you will. It just backfired because like he was a virus and Neo became the antivirus. Yeah. But anyway, let's wrap this up on this. So we got to rate it for me as a singular movie. Waste of time. If I am going to watch it in connection with reload it or all three together one and done matrix the the matrix that that's multi-fun without question i'm ready for purchase anytime but if it's these two or all three one and done i don't need to do multiple times for all three or both those two movies for me i kind of agree with you but if i want the lore and if i want to accept 
the part of Smith being the one or part of the one is a ready for purchase. To me, the the proper sequel to The Matrix is The Animatrix. Oh, that was so good. And, and you know what? It got ridiculed, um, funny enough. I remember talking to people that didn't like The Animatrix. And The Animatrix, just because it has anime in the title, people do not hate on The Animatrix. It had like a different art style for each short story. And it wasn't technically a full-on sequel. It was more like prequel because it was telling stories that led up to neo and it, it did not I, I i think only one story ha- had anything to do with any of the like morpheus or trinity or something like that all the other stories were having to do with other people just getting out of the matrix one of them talks about the kid yeah they're talking about you know it shows it was kind of like a prequel or reloaded mm-hmm. in the sense of the kid that is a big fan of, of neo, neo and the kid actually woke himself up that's so why in reloaded he's like you you saved yourself and and then, yeah, you have the history of the Matrix. It's a two-parter. I think it's called the Renaissance. Yeah, it's talking about how the machines came into power. Right. How the sky got blacked out and all that jazz. Right. Maybe it's a prequel or a sequel or whatever. It's a, it's a better supplement mm-hmm. to the Matrix. And the CGI fight scenes were better. Oh, my God. Uh, the, the Flight of Osiris? Whatever was that one? Yeah, yeah. I, think, one. I think that was it. And that was the one they used in the trailer. And, that, and it was fire. It was, I just loved oh it. It was so smooth. That's, that's our thing. So take it or leave it. Well, it depends. If like if you feel that the matrix was the ultimate movie, this is a waste of time. Honestly, uh, for, uh, for those of you watching this, put in what you really feel about it. I am going to say of all three, the matrix it's in our earlier video. We said that's ready for purchase. I don't need these other two unless well, you're talking about Smith. That's the only right. reason. Let's do a better review. Action wise. Mm-hmm. We're all for Reloaded and Revolutions. If you purchased this or this movie was based on just the action, what would you rate it? Uh, For just the action? I'm still good with one and done, honestly. For like roughly four hours for just the action as it was, one and done. I'm content with that. I'm a cross between one and done and a waste of time Ooh. based on the action alone. It, they did not match the intensity of the original. Well, there you go. You all heard it here. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. As always, please hit the subscribe button. Also hit that like button. And also please leave a comment below. Tell us what you like about Reloaded and Revolutions. What was your favorite action scene or your least favorite? Until next time, I am Angel. I'm Don. Love you, bro. Love you.